everybody, and welcome to the Related to Geeks podcast. We're back again at Tinkerhurst Tavern, as we are every first Monday of the month. And we are hanging out tonight here on May the 4th, and we're going to be discussing some Star Wars. But before we get to that, we need to know our geek agendas. So I'm going to start with Carl. Carl, what is your geek agenda? My geek agenda is today... Okay, so, uh, all right. If you don't use Facebook, this is going to be weird. But Facebook has... What's I don't know called, what your geek agenda is. It's called, it's called emojis. Now, if you don't know what an emoji is, it's going to be weird. How are you on Discord? But, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got to explain what emojis are. Okay, explain. So, uh, there, it's short. I don't even know if it's short. It's emoticons. That's what it used to be called back in the early days. But now they're all graphical. I think the graphical ones are emojis. And the ASCII ones are emoticons. But emojis are graphical little faces uh, that you can look at. And you go, aw. You do that. Well, Facebook uh, has released a new one. And it's called Care. And it's, it's a person hugging a heart. A terrifying image when you think about it. <laughs> but they did it real cute like. So um <laughs> so I took that image and I, I, I ripped the heart out of it like a vicious person. <laughs> and I edited in um pretty well, first thing I did was I did a, a 20-sided die. And I made a, a person hugging a D20, much less visceral than a human heart. Uh, but uh, then I did like uh, old D and D books, Castles and Crusades books, and then I started taking requests. People were like, <laughs> "Oh, I'll do this book! Oh, this is my favorite RPG book. Please make this into an emoji." So that's been my peak agenda. <laughs> is I've just been splicing in various RPG paraphernalia into the care emoji on Facebook. Very right. productive. And you were like an emoticon is like the keyboard character, and the emoji is the actual image. It's a lot harder to splice in images into an emoticon. It messes up the ASCII. <laughs> <It's> really, <laughs> really messes it up. Uh. <laughs> That's just typing. I guess his versions of emoticons. <laughs> Not entirely sure what they're supposed to be. <laughs> well, well, well. Dads, dads go the the right way, the original way. <laughs> they stopped going that way eventually. You have to turn your head. <laughs> yeah. See, this is coded to create an emoji if you put in an emoticon. But since dad does it old school and goes the opposite way, the, the BBS way, I guess. Uh, <laughs> didn't, yeah. It didn't get it converted. Doesn't, it, huh? doesn't, it doesn't code it. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't convert it. So he did a smiley face and a party hat. But when I look at it, I see a penguin. Yes, because you, you have new you have new emoticon vision. You turn your head to the left, but is, if you turn it to the right, it's a whole new world. <laughs> okay then. 
<laughs> you just imagine people just listening to the audio of this. <laughs> <laughs> we did a good job of that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well explained. <laughs> oh, all right, Dad, you got a geek agenda? Well, um, I did do my final homework assignments, turned in my composition notebook and my final jazz piece, all that, and finished the term. Da -da 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 -da. We got the COVID, and I had to do it by email. The last half of the term, no actual going to ASU. Mm -hmm. So that was all going along with staying at home. And then uh, I've also been... Um, Listening to a lot of jazz on YouTube, and um, I found some really good um, uh, spoken word jazz, some of it activist, some of it hip-hop related, uh, Samora Pinderhues. He does a, a transformation suite. That's quite good. And then there's a whole big band thing, uh, Argue, I believe. Um, political. Oof. Big band, <laughs> big band political with spoken word that's all political. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Politics the, and trumpets. Yeah. The uh, bebop beatniks thing is spoken word over jazz, you know. Not every song or anything, but we like to do it. Spoken word over jazz. So it's interesting to see other people's takes and especially um we're more like oh yeah we're, <laughs> we're cool we like poetry and jazz and we could say jazz and read poetry you read the uh lawrence ferlinghetti carl remember that i do remember that yeah and it's great and um uh uh so these guys are a considerable more powerful we're more like Oh, we'll do some spoken word over jazz, and it will be entertaining. No, they had stuff to say. <laughs> so, some more of Penderhues. Um, uh, he sings um, with Common, too. So, geek. <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like that's how we always need to end our geek agenda segment. It's just so <laughs> geek. <laughs> is Common known to be a, a big geek? Have I missed this? Is Common known as a, a geeky person? Uh, he's um, definitely very academic. Well, I would argue that's nerd. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know that's where that was going. <laughs> <laughs> And I still took a drink of water during that and almost choked. <laughs> oh, how about you, Mom? You got it. You got a geek agenda? This is Mom's first time on the mic uh, for one of these podcasts. So she'll be a delightful contribution. We'll hear a lot of her laughter and giddiness in the background. But she is she is wheelchair bound right now, so she, that is uh, that is her primary objective at all times to she took, get, not be uh, in a wheelchair anymore. She took two steps today. Woohoo! Showed off to me. She's done it before, but she set her 
um, walk her over to the side and said, watch this. And she walked two steps over to her wheelchair and then she sat down. All right. Yeah. Progress. Okay. So um, I can't remember if I've used this before, but I'm going to use it again because it's what I'm into right now. But I have been rewatching some Buffy the Vampire Slayer and I have been uh, following people who are making new content for Buffy the Vampire Slayer today and just kind of being re-immersed into that world. It's definitely my favorite show. Um, It's the show that I watched in that those crucial years of adolescence from like 12 to 14 that is guaranteed to stick with me the rest of my life. Um, and so I've been really enjoying revisiting the show during during quarantine times. Um, and I will throw out a recommendation, uh, Buffering the Vampire Slayer, which is a podcast. Um, they just posted uh, not too long ago an interview with Mark Lucas, who is definitely one of the like black sheep of the Buffyverse. Riley is not a well-liked character. <laughs> um, but he he did a fantastic interview. He He's very aware of... Uh, people's feelings to, towards his character and he was very funny during that podcast um yeah, i will warn you that there's a lot of swearing in that podcast mark luke is is one who likes the f word um <laughs> so that that is in there but i was just listening to that before this pod uh, we started filming this podcast and um was just kind of sad that i had to stop listening to a podcast to go and record a podcast um so <laughs> But I'll go and finish it up and after after we're done. But I recommend that, and I recommend Buffy in general if you haven't watched that. It's a good show. I watched it. You watched it. Yeah, I spent. I wouldn't I spent, mind watching it again. I spent most of my May the Fourth doing Buffy stuff instead of Star Wars stuff. So now we're going to get into the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, so universe. has anybody actually done any like Star Wars stuff today? Did we just get an ensemble of our least Star Wars fans people to do this out of our family? Are, are we are we ready for this Star Wars conversation now? Yes, this, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm starting with. Did you do Carl? Did you just watch all of the movies today? <laughs> just marathon <laughs> through all of them at what? twice speed. <laughs> Uh, speed Star Wars marathon. <laughs> uh, so I, I mean, so I have not even watched all of the Star Wars movies. <laughs> period. Uh, I have seen roughly half <laughs> of the available Star Wars films. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of them. I mean, there's yeah. a lot. I mean, there's <laughs> like they're not eleven. Watch. There's like eleven. I mean, and that's like including like. Ewoks defending Endor or whatever it's called, Battle of Endor. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just there's just like adding their wallets with those. <laughs> well, Dis- Disney bought Star Wars, and then there was a Star Wars movie every year for five years. So yeah. <laughs> now, uh, so that being said, not only have I not seen all of the. Uh, Star Wars movies. I've never done any Star Wars gaming of of any kind other than um on the original NES, we played a Return of the Jedi game. Actually, I think it was a Star Wars just I think it was a Star Wars trilogy game. Mm-hmm. Uh that we played a couple times, but never got real far in. 
Um, but that's, I mean, that's the extent of my Star Wars. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I mean, I don't, I don't know, like, a lot of Star Wars trivia. I mean, like, I do. I still know a yeah. lot about Star Wars. Like, I know what a Gaborian is. And I know what, like, I know who, like, uh, 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 what's uh, I guess I don't know that much about it. <laughs> well, no, think... the, uh, there's this like fa- really, really popular uh, lady Jedi in the cartoons, and everybody's like, her name's Asaka uh, or something. I don't know. Ahsoka. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> now I have to look it up because I feel like I should know that. I mean, I don't know. I, it doesn't matter. The thing it doesn't is, matter to me. Um matters to me dang it <laughs> the, the point i'm trying to make like knowing what a gamorian is and knowing like like what the huts are um and like understanding that jabba the hut is one of other huts um <laughs> i got it right multiple huts um and and knowing that osaka exists osaka uh, osaka that's i don't know if that's even close to right but um <laughs> The point being, like, that's just a, about how culturally, re- culturally relevant Star Wars is. And it's it's almost above geekdom. Like, mm-hmm. liking Star Wars is almost like liking football. It's just <laughs> things that people like. Well, it's kind of like... Not not that I'm uh, one to judge anybody. Anybody who wants to declare themselves a geek, that's fine. I don't care. Um, but it's kind of like when you meet someone who proclaims that they're really geeky because they've watched the Star Wars movies and Walking Dead. Um, <laughs> which is about as mainstream as you can get at this point. <laughs> but still both genre fiction. Like that's, that, is, mm-hmm. that is saying something a little bit about how mainstream geek is. Which is cool. Like all all those plans to take over the world finally happened. <laughs> <laughs> so I I may be a little bit above Carl on Star. I enjoy talking about Star Wars. I enjoy a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that comes with Star Wars. I enjoy discussing the lore of Star Wars. Me and Dad actually had a pretty lengthy lore about. Uh, the force a lore discussion about the force at the end of our last book club I don't even really remember how we got there because I don't think it had anything to do with the book but we got there somehow Um, (laughs) and that's the stuff about Star Wars that I like I like talking about Star Wars more than I like consuming Star Wars (laughs) as far as as it it being my chosen media I, I don't really go back to the Star Wars movies that often um, the original trilogy, I think, holds up for what it is. Um, when I do go back and watch it, I find myself enjoying those movies more than I think that I would enjoy those movies because they are just fun romps. And I think as long as you just accept that that's what they are and don't go too deep, um, you can really enjoy the original trilogy a lot. But, um, Sometimes you meet fans who get upset when you say that they're just fun romps and that's all that they should ever be. (laughs) But Star Wars really is like, it's so multi-layered and I think it's fascinating. Like the, the culture around Star Wars, both the mainstream side of it, the more toxic side of it, the like really like interesting, like um, 
ways it has inspired and, and caused other um, uh, creations over time. I think that there's a lot to be said for, for the impact of Star Wars. But for me, I am a casual fan at best. I feel like this shows a little bit about how my my geekdom works, but I enjoy the the nature of what Star Wars has caused more than I enjoy Star Wars. <laughs> well, back when the first Star Star Wars came out, you know, and they had that scene in the bar, Tatooine, I think, and and Han Solo's there and all that, you know, and they. They've got the music going. They got the aliens in there and all that. It's a great scene. And um, when I first saw that, you know, that's a scene from a hundred science fiction novels. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, you know. I mean, it was eye-opener. Now, someone be- in twenty twenty, they've seen hundreds of stuffs like that, even more amazing stuff than that. But at the time, that cinematic vision of science <laughs> yeah. fiction concepts was to that level of uh, imagination, you know, that was unusual. Very powerful. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you just think about the time Star Wars came out and about the time we're in now. How how many people are out doing what they're doing because Star Wars inspired them some way? Um, and that's true. From everything from making movies themselves to being astronauts, I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, it's so far-reaching and was such a huge part of so many people's lives. And I... You know, you got to give it the respect it deserves for, for doing something like that, for having that huge of an impact. That being... It's, ca- it's kind of like it's... the proto-mega <laughs> franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I think, critically speaking, when I look at the movies and stuff, I, just like across the board, I'm just like, yeah, they're a big mess. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, I'll give mad respect to Star Wars because it, like, you kind of... You see what it's done for nerd culture and geek culture um, and all of the, the cool things that have come from it um, as a as a reaction. Uh, you've got a lot of like we don't we don't have a lot to speak to it ourselves, but you've got great video game franchises, tabletop gaming, um, RPGs. Yeah, oh. you you cut out for a little bit, but I think you're fine now. Okay, well, I was just going on about X-Wing specifically um, has really grown in popularity, and it is a a miniature um, space battle game where you play the different ships from Star Wars. And, man, you you meet some X-Wing players. They they know all of the different ships in those, like the really obscure ones, the ones you've never even heard of kind of stuff, unless you're a major fan. And even some like major Star Wars fans, if they're not particularly into that category of the fandom of all of the different ships, um, then it's going to be, it's going to be kind of a jarring experience to talk to an X-Wing player. But I love, I love all of the things that have come out of Star Wars but sometimes I'm always like, because there's that that critic in me that scratches my head um, and wonders, 
why on some of it. <laughs> but at the same time, like Dad said, it was a different time. I mean, you didn't have anything even close to Star Wars um, on the big screen with that kind of budget, with that kind of grandeur. And it was actually space opera, which is, again, uh, originally a science fiction trope. Mm-hmm. Cowboys in space, more or less. Star Wars or Cowboys in Space? Star Wars. 1977. So some of the things that like stick out to me about Star Wars and what differentiates it. Star, Star Wars, a thing that separates it from other science fiction, not only of the time that Star Wars came out, but um, uh, really science fiction even today. And there is certainly science fiction that emulates it uh, in this respect and, and have gotten closer to it. But Star Wars does have and has always had a sense of humor. It is a jokey pokey fun adventure mm-hmm. site. Um, and uh, that's not always been the case uh, for for all the science fiction or for even the majority of science fiction. I would say the majority of science fiction doesn't have a sense of humor unless it's put into that kind of like comedy sci-fi time travel mess em ups type uh uh, movies and stuff, but you know, you know, in Star Wars, they're like, you know, I don't know, fly casual. You know, like that's a, that's a goofy thing to say in, in a in a science fiction movie. That's mm-hmm. uh, just a joke for the audience, and I think that gets lost in translation a little bit because I know a lot of people hate the humor of like the later Star Wars films. Yeah, it was always there. Like oh, yeah. it's not. It's it's not an adjustment. It's not like the jokes have just uh, started. It's it was a it was a jokey sh- movie from the start. Um, but I mean, I, I don't necessarily want to or or discussion about new Star Wars versus old Star Wars because those waters have been tread. Um, <laughs> and I don't really have a dog in the fight. Cause I, I like the new star Wars I have seen. I have not seen all of them. Uh, I thought Force awakens was all right. And I thought last Jedi was really good. Uh, and that's where I stand on those two films. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am too. We're, we're just gonna, reveal ourselves but i am too a a fan of last jedi i know mom and dad have not watched it um spoilers are okay though i don't care but (laughs) i think carl you you said this maybe over christmas i think you hit the nail on the head where you're just like it's a really good movie about star wars Mm. (laughs) it doesn't necessarily fit well the entire trilogy sequel trilogy is kind of a mess because it was just mishandled and everything was just a cluster on it but it it really does a lot. It has a lot of cool discussion points and like um, does interesting stuff with the lore that I haven't seen really in any other Star Wars. But I am like you. I have. I yeah. think the only the only one that I'm not super familiar with is the prequel trilogy. Um, yeah. So so in the Last Jedi, here's my theory. <laughs> in the Last Jedi, in the narrative of the Last Jedi, the Force is an analogy for Star Wars. And Luke Skywalker is an analogy for Luke Skywalker. 
And what I mean by that is the force, the fictional, fictional concept of the force is used as a metaphor to what Star Wars can mean and be for who it can be for. And Luke Skywalker, the character uh, in this, in, in his importance to the universe in universe of Star Wars is used as a metaphor of the character's importance to our real world. I get it. Mm. Some deep stuff there. <laughs> there, there has there has been a real impact i mean it's a phenomenal uh you know mega franchise of all time star wars i mean i'm sure winnie the pooh's still worth more money but <laughs> not exactly the same thing <laughs> Someone quick Google what's worth more. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh 7, the Smackerel Awakens. <laughs> oh, God. What a weird comparison. Winnie the Pooh, Revenge of the Huffalumps. <laughs> oh, goodness. Tigger, a Winnie the Pooh story. <laughs> I'm gonna race the Kessel Run. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, I will say when Carl was talking about the uniqueness of Star Wars, I'm gonna throw out a quick plug for a show that I really like that I feel like is probably as close to the, that Star Wars vibe and that humor as I can think of is Farscape. And Farscape is a really fun sci-fi show with Muppets. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the big reason. That's the big reason it's cool. Um, but it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of that kind of style. I feel like, and it is dad. And I talked about this at our book club, uh, but it is kind of a fish out of water story. Cause it is a man from earth who gets transported across the galaxy and meets a whole bunch of aliens. Um, my least so favorite he, narrative device. So he gets to um, compare it to many of the, the sci-fi stuff that we're used to while he's doing that. But I really liked it in Farscape. I liked Farscape just in general. It's a good one. I like Farscape. I'm still watching it. I haven't watched every episode yet, but I'm, I enjoy every one I watch. I there's watched a lot of it real all. danger and there's a lot of um, real space opera and broad science fiction themes, but there's still a lot of humor. Yeah, a lot of humor and a lot of surprisingly like dark philosophical episodes as yeah. well. It's yeah. a good balance. Yeah. Like it deals with space madness and things like that. <laughs> it does not shy away from any of that. Mm -mm. Yeah. We're all, we're all going through our, our own version of Space Madness right now. Yeah, Space Madness is closely related to cabin fever. So we were going to have Star Wars fans on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I messaged my nephew, who's been on the podcast, is a big Star Wars fan. He would have been excellent. And then they all decided to skip out on us. Okay. So now we're going to talk about Farscape. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I I actually uh, did something related to Star Wars today. Okay. I Going read, back to this. I read a slash dot post about <laughs> this May the 4th gets unusual celebrations for Star Wars Day. So this is all about pandemic response to May the 4th. And there is a virtual convention as we speak now. It is going on. And um, also an online revelry. May the 4th be with you and Revenge of the 5th. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and then USA Today reports on other celebrations. Scum and Villainy Cantina, live online themed costume workout. But they left off the Related to Geeks podcast, so. (laughs) But that was in Slash Dot today. And so that's that's (laughs) interesting, too, that um, how much, you know, everyone's learned to adapt to um, YouTube and Zoom and and playing music from your living room and all that. And um, people are not going to give up their star wars celebration just because they can't go out so for me the funniest and perhaps most ridiculous thing that i've seen anybody post about (coughs) is on the night before may the 4th leaving out chalky milk and chicky nuggies for baby yoda to come and visit overnight See, that's a Star Wars thing I haven't even seen yet. And I know it's supposed to be great. And I have Disney Plus, And I was like, mm, I'll watch it someday. So I don't think I'm a Star Wars fan. I think that's the problem. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 you know, so, I remember. I remember. So, like, it's weird because I'm a huge geek. I am. I am a huge geek for sure. Um, but. But I have pretty much the normal run-of-the-mill relationship to star wars i loved it when i was a kid and i sort of just uh, you know remember it fondly as something i loved as a kid and uh i I didn't do that with anything else geeky as a kid that i liked everything else i was like yes keep that forever uh and uh, uh but for some for some reason star wars uh did not stick i don't know why i'm pretty sure i know why not enough there, elves. There are no elves and dwarves in Star Wars. <laughs> or zombies. Yeah. No elves, dwarves, no or zombies. zombies. Yeah. So. so this is a post that I made on Facebook a little while back. And I want to quote it uh, verbatim, but it is, I think Rogue One is terrible. The Last Jedi is really good, and The Mandalorian is just okay. I'm getting the impression that I'm not like other Star Wars fans. Hmm. So, I I mean, I feel like I consider myself a Star Wars fan, but I'm just so different than what the stereotypical, like, expectations of what's good and what's bad. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Last Jedi was extremely polarizing. Yeah. Uh, but um, I mean, there are definitely love it and hate it camps. Uh, but so far, everybody I know have have loved Rogue One. But I have a problem with narratives where you're racing towards the conclusion you know. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not very exciting to me. Like, uh, like uh, yeah, we know what happens at the end of Rogue One. It's pretty obvious. Um, 
Well, and I know you you don't really care, but I think my biggest problem with that movie is that the characters' motivations didn't make sense other than the fact that you knew that what the conclusion had to be. Mm. And yeah. that was a problem I had. <laughs> that is a that is a I I don't know. I haven't watched it. I watched the scene. I've watched the scene that everybody was like, the scene. Um, <laughs> so I watched that scene and I was like, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool scene. Um but uh, I haven't watched the whole film. Um, I haven't watched Solo, the Star Wars story. I watched all the movies when I was a kid. I liked them. Uh, 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 we we watched them recently. Courtney, who had never seen Star Wars, sat down and watched the original trilogy with me. But it was the, uh, the re-edits that everything was different and changed. That there was a whole lot of extra stuff on the screen. Uh, and none of that bothered me until the very end of the movie... Return of the Jedi, very end of the movie. And it's not Hayden Christensen. That doesn't bother me at all. That makes total sense. Hayden Christensen totally makes sense. Get it. I understand it. But no, jump, jump. jump, jump. They changed the music. It's no longer the Ewok dance party. It's, it's like cinematic John Williams score. And I'm like, no, I want my jump, jump, hookajuga. <laughs> this is. Nonsense! <laughs> <laughs> they left out the most important part. Yeah, the I mean, like, regardless, I mean, like, not to read too much into Star Wars or whatever, um, but the smallness of that celebration, I think, is meaningful. I think is interesting. And uh, when you try to make it vast and grand and show other people celebrating, uh. Uh, that's less interesting narratively. You're trying to make it more interesting narratively, like, oh, it matters to everyone. But the fact that they're there with these total strange creatures that they don't really know nothing about uh, and having this celebration amongst themselves uh, to this weird, strange creature music that they know nothing about, like, that's really interesting and meaningful in its own way that they they dis- decided in the re-edit we should expand this and make this a broader, more meaningful thing. But I think it becomes less narratively interesting because of that. And plus, the, the song is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned the solo movie, which is a movie that I wish had just went for it. And I feel mm. like originally the plan was to just go for it, to just be the goofy of goofy and then they had to pull back and I wish that they just went for it um <laughs> well see I I heard they added comedy to it oh man I heard it was not funny it enough. felt like the revert like I haven't really done the behind the scenes on that one um but I know it's had so many revisions leading up to it and I always just kind of assumed that. Right. Well, yeah. Because the un- that the really unevenness quirk- is there. Yeah, because that so much of the quirkiness is like such a it's such a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. There's some things that work so well, but it's just it could have been. I don't think um, snakes on a plane, but I feel like a lot of the reception that I heard from snakes on a plane is similar to the way I feel about solo is the idea that if everybody just had their head on together on what, what the actual like purpose of that movie was, it would have been absolutely fantastic, but it was just like a few people got it and the rest of them just kind of 
were trying mm. to do something that didn't match the tone of the movie. Yeah, Snakes on a Plane is a bad movie for people who don't actually like bad movies. <laughs> like, I really like bad movies, and Snakes on a Plane was not terrible enough. Mm-hmm. Could have been way more terrible and been more enjoyable because of it. But because yeah, it was not terrible enough, they played it straight a little too often. Uh, it didn't work. Here's how how terrible non-Star Wars fan I am. I just Googled, it's Yubnub. And I said, Jub Jub, which is neither of those. <laughs> Apparently, the song is Yubnub. I'm passionate about the song Yubnub, but I'm not a big enough Star Wars nerd. To know that it's yub nub and not jub jub. <laughs> That's my relationship to Star Wars summed up right there. I care that it's gone, but I don't know what it's called. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm racking my brain. I'm not really coming up with anything else. <laughs> So when I was a kid, I watched Star Wars and I liked uh-huh. them. Uh, and I mean, they just always existed, right? I was I was yeah. bored, and they they grew up, and Star Wars was just always inside of our house. They were always there. And uh, when I was about I don't know fifteen or so, maybe older than that, I don't really remember when it came out. There was going to be new Star Wars, and there was general excitement. Uh, 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 among our household, uh, uh, from from the parents to down to the kids, everybody was excited mm-hmm. about new Star Wars, and we all went to the movie theater to watch the new Star Wars, and uh, that did not happen very often uh, when we were uh, kids. We did not usually all go to a movie theater to watch a movie together, but we did for new Star Wars, and I don't think any of us liked it. I don't <laughs> think a single one of us enjoyed it. <laughs> I don't think I even enjoyed it, and I was probably close to, like, the age that you would expect me to just yeah. enjoy it, because it's, you know, moving yeah. pictures. Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was called Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I remember friends of mine really liking it. It came out in 1999. Uh, so, yeah, it should have been up your alley, I guess. I would uh, have been... Uh, 17 or so. Um, and I was like, meh, bleh, it wasn't for me. Um, uh, I remember dad specifically going, well, that wasn't like any star Wars film. I remember <laughs> <laughs> or something along those lines. Didn't feel like star Wars to me. Um, <laughs> uh, the thing that like weirded me out about it is it's, I remember th- thinking this as a kid is that it's, it, it was just, I don't know. I don't know why exactly it did not speak to me. I mean, I, I imagine uh, I maybe I should have uh, liked it, but it was enough for where I was just like, I'm not going to watch the other ones. I don't care. <laughs> like it was not mm-hmm. my jam and I was just not going to watch uh, uh, the other prequels. And I didn't. I still haven't. I mean, I just I've never gone back and seen. Them. I've heard they're good, uh, but I have not seen them. Yeah, uh, I've heard I've heard that the third one has a lot of cool, like political stuff to it. Um, but I've only seen like bits and pieces of them. And obviously but I, I don't I think, remember watching the first one that much. So <laughs> I think Phantom Menace suffers the same problem that the, uh, 
first Dungeons and Dragons movie suffers. Um, and this is this I, I, this is my only way to tie this into. Uh, so <laughs> the 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 problem that the Phantom Menace and the first Dungeons and Dragons film have is that they're bad movies. But they also both have kind of an obnoxious character. And for some reason, that uh, kind of obnoxious character bears the brunt of criticism as Mm -hmm. if the movie would have been good without them. Like, the movie was just bad. It was just a bad film. Uh, It's not an interesting or good story or narrative. That was the issue. It was not the fault of... uh, that character in Star Wars whose name I don't remember and or uh, Snells from the D&D movie whose name I do remember. That's, <laughs> the fandom, that's the fandom I'm passionate about. Snells the Thief is played by Marlon Wayans. Hey, Jar Jar uh, Binks. The character's name Jar Jar Binks, yeah. Jar Jar Binks. And Jar Jar Binks was not a good addition to Star Wars, but he did not ruin the first movie. The problem with the first movie happened way before it jar jar binks was imagined it happened way before the script was written i mean the concept just isn't there i mean it's a plot like a saturday morning cartoon and that's a comment i made i think the day i saw it Uh, that plot was like a saturday morning cartoon and you know uh we saw the three star wars movies and they have problems but they all told a story Mm-hmm. It's tough to make a good movie with no story. <laughs> good science fiction movie, anyway. A good action adventure science fiction movie. I mean, the story is kind of the prerequisite. Don't mm-hmm. start making that action adventure science fiction movie until you have a story to tell. That's my advice. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the other thing the prequels kind of suffer is they're racing towards the conclusion you already know. Kind of the mm-hmm. same issue. Like, you know, this guy becomes Darth Vader. Like, endearing us to him uh, uh, isn't really the goal at this point. I mean, I, I don't think necessarily that they they certainly weren't successful in it. I mean, I don't I don't think anybody. I mean, there are definitely Anakin fans. Um, but I think that has more to do with the animated uh, stuff that they've done since then. Um, uh, we have more time to kind of deal with that kind of stuff. But, uh, I think the issue, I think they, I I always kind of thought that they should kind of barrel towards Darth Vader and have a film where he's the imminent threat, like Mm -hmm. new Vader on the scene type of uh, situation instead of kind of like getting there all too quickly. Like it's, it all happened too fast. Uh, uh, from what I understand, again, I haven't seen the films, but you know, I mean, like uh, Luke and Leia get sent off to where they get sent off, and he turns into Vader, and that's the end of the movie. And it's like, well, you don't give us anything really new about that narrative. Then it's all this stuff mm-hmm. that that kind of ceases to matter about the narrative we're leading into. Well, the body errors, which is always funny when I hear like. Star Wars fans complain about the continuity in Star Wars because obviously even in the original trilogy there was massive continuity errors from movie to movie. Um, it's general. The, the idea of having a a story that 
is is somewhat already realized, but then you're going to have to like flesh it out and make it somehow engaging and surprising is going to tempt you to do stuff that doesn't necessarily match the what the original trilogy set out. And I imagine there's probably some of that too. I don't know for sure, but I know there's just wild inconsistencies across the board. I think I've accepted about Star Wars and not really worried about, but some fans are really upset. I've never really accepted the idea that the Force has to have like hard and fast rules because for me, it is the softest of soft magic systems and was kind of that way by design. Trilogy, Like new powers are introduced in the original trilogy willy-nilly all the time. Like for sure. Uh, now they, they introduce them maybe in a more narratively interesting way. You know, when you, when you see, I don't know when, when you, I mean, cause you kind of know Palpatine's a bad, bad mamma jamma, mm-hmm. uh, as they say in star Wars. Um, uh, right after the so when he starts, yeah. So when he starts shooting force lightning, yeah, that comes out of nowhere, but you're like, well, we, we knew he was going to do something. Yeah, he's he's gonna do something. Uh, so I guess it's 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 more at least narratively interesting. So I guess the introduction of new powers, you know, that's a big complaint about the new films. You know, like where are all these new Jedi powers coming from? And it it happened in the uh, uh, original uh, trilogy, uh, for sure. And uh, whatever, I mean, like, um, you know, I. I I especially like Leia. Like there was this whole conversation. Like Leia's got this Jedi stuff going on now, and like it's in the second film where Luke Jedi talks to her. Uh, like she's certainly got something going on. Like it's certainly hinted at from the. Get-go. I mean, there was that whole "there is another" thing yeah. that Yoda said. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like he may have been talking about Leia there. Yes, right. Uh. So anyway. Uh. Uh. Yeah, my my here's my big complaint about Star Wars, the original trilogy. It's the it. What the heck is Luke's plan in Return of the Jedi <laughs> when they're invading Jabba the Hutt's fortress and all all this stuff I goes horribly wrong? Everything goes horribly wrong over and over again, and then. <laughs> At the very end, they're on the the big ass land speeder that's speeding to the Sarlacc pit, and at that point, he's like, "No, no, I've got this," as if it were all part of the plan all along. Which what a almost, I mean, calculably impossible. I imagine <laughs> number of things would have had to happen to get them in that right situation. It was my plan all along for my sister to be enslaved by a slug mutant and for, <laughs> for myself to be captured and I had to fight off a rancor and I knew that I was that was my plan too. All for this moment and then R2D2 they weren't going to disassemble him or anything because he's holding my lightsaber this whole time. Why didn't I just carry that with me you ask? I don't know. <laughs> so now when we're at a distinct tactical disadvantage is the perfect time to strike. <laughs> we could have struck struck earlier when we weren't all held prisoner and, and, and robbed of our weapons. But luckily I stowed away a single lightsaber to save us. And now I'll spin flip and kick and fight uh, our way to freedom. <laughs> and you're blind. So you, you, you help though. You help. <laughs> 
I agree, Carl. (laughs) (laughs) But all of this is not my biggest complaint about Star Wars. All right, let's have it. Okay. There is another movie in the Star Wars universe that is not part of the official Star Wars franchise. And it's one of the funniest movies ever made. It's called Spaceballs. And it's got combing the desert and all these really one, two, three, four, five, everything in it is quotable and funny. And um, I want my Spaceballs merchandise. And I can't have no Spaceballs merchandise because they wouldn't let them make the film if they were going to have any Spaceballs merchandise. They only let them make the film if they weren't going to have no merchandise. So To be fair, though, that also led to one of the best lines of the movie. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Smoke them if you got them. (laughs) No, sorry, that wasn't... That's my favorite line in the whole movie. (laughs) (laughs) well i i have a 3d printer i could probably figure out something (laughs) some space balls there's there's gotta be a darth helmet stl somewhere (laughs) you go to etsy it's just flooded with space balls merchandise (laughs) (laughs) Fight me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's all watch Spaceballs on the Oh, yeah. My, my other favorite quote from Spaceballs is, she's a baritone. It's <laughs> <laughs> not even the right quote. It's not. <laughs> But that's all right. I know what you're referencing. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I found it. Spaceballs miniatures. All right. <laughs> all right. I know what dad's getting for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to run a one shot Spaceballs RPG. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Baseball's RPG. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, well this has been highly enjoyable. <laughs> I feel like the best way to celebrate May the 4th is with a whole bunch of not super big Star Wars fans. <laughs> yeah. There is a, a video out there. There is a video out there that I shared with Conley at one point that's like the life of a not Star Wars fan and how he's just like talking about how wonderful it is because you know the new Star Wars movie came out and he's like it's just nice I'm so like at peace right now like I don't have to like I mean I can go online and not instantly get irritated by everybody like it's just it's just the most blissful place to be (laughs) so there is a there is a niceness to being uh, the the casualist of Star Wars fans, <laughs> as I like to call myself. I'm the casualist of Star You're Wars. The fans. casualist. Casualist. <laughs> I might be the casualty of Star Wars fans. Depends on the perception of the podcast. <laughs> Don't promote this one too much. 
But yeah, I mean, <laughs> we all you 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 gotta give its dues. I mean, Star Wars is exceptional for what it has done, and obviously, a lot of people really love it. And because I spent my day listening to Buffy podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I don't like. I'm. I mean, I'm still excited for for. I like. I kind of get addicted to the reviews and the reception of Star. And I specifically went and watched the the last Star Wars, the Rise of Skywalker, not because I really cared about the Rise of Skywalker, but because I wanted to have all of the context in place for when I went online and like watched people analyze it and review it and pick it apart. And praise it and hate it and all of the wonderful things that Star Wars fans do. Um, because I, I enjoy that aspect of Star Wars sometimes more than I enjoy Star Wars. So that's a, that's I, where I come from. I have not seen it. Uh, yeah. But I have heard about it. And it sounds awful. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> real bad. Uh, <laughs> so... I'll see how Yay. I feel about it once I watch it. But man, does Yay. it not sound like something I would enjoy from what I've heard about it on the internet. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> I don't know. Like, there have been the comments, and there are people who defend the movie, but there have been the comments that Abrams did the unthinkable and uni unified all of the United all of the Star Wars fandom by making a movie they could hate. Um, <laughs> but there are people who like it. I mean, the truth of the matter is the Star Wars fandom is too big to have n anything be released now and not be divisive in some way. We watched the solo movie. Oh, you did watch movie. the solo movie? On Netflix, I think, or, or Amazon yeah. Prime. Yeah. It should have went for it, right? It should have it should have been sillier. Should have just gone for it. Embrace the silliness. Uh it should have been more over the top. I mean it yeah. started off being pretty over the top and there were some really good over the top moments. You know. But it should have been the rompiest of romps. If you're going to have Han Solo lead a movie, it needs to be the biggest romp. And it was just not quite there. Yeah. I think that may be the movie I'm most disappointed about. There's a lot of movies that I don't like in the Star Wars franchise, but I think that's the one I'm most disappointed about. Because I saw potential there and it just didn't quite work. All right, we're ready to wrap. Anybody yeah. else got anything else to add? All right, you've been listening to the Related to podcast. We have been talking Star Wars, and I hope you enjoyed this discussion from a whole bunch of not really big Star Wars fans. But in a couple of weeks, we will be doing Neuromancer at our book club. We invite you to come to that. It will be here again at Tinker's Tavern. And you can follow our uh, other information through GamerPlus.org. Yes. Yeah, got it. Nailed it. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Bye.
May the fourth be with you. <laughs> you have been listening to the Related to Geeks podcast, recorded May the 4th, 2020, on the Monday Night Inspired Unreality open game chat held at Tanker's Tavern on Discord. For more about our geeky family, visit relatedtogeeks.com. For more information about Inspired Unreality, join Gamer Plus, a social network for gamers, at gamerplus.org. Carl, Megan, and Larry discuss Star Wars, proving that people who are not big Star Wars fans and haven't even seen all the movies can still talk about it for a while. The music of this show is Kaleidoscope of Butterflies by Harry Larry, performed by NJHB at New Jazz in Jonesboro. Podcast. This was a podcast. We talked to our family.